Hey, I'm Amy Scarlett. This is Life After Law School. On this podcast, I want to help you see all the exciting career paths that your law degree can unlock by meeting all sorts of law grads who are doing a range of cool things in their careers. So far, we've met law grads who are consultants, work in online security, and even met an award-winning author. Thanks to our listeners who have tuned in so far, And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. We are living in unprecedented times. In these uncertain times, I want to help you find some certainty. You might feel like there's a lot outside of your control. So Life After Law School is here to help you start to take some real solid first steps towards your dream career. This episode of Life After Law School is going to be our first episode recorded remotely. On today's podcast, we're fortunate enough to have Rose Inglis from the Law Institute of Victoria as our guest. Rose will take us through how the legal system is adapting to the challenges of the pandemic, some tips for how you can start planning for the new legal landscape, and we'll also hear a bit about Rose's own career journey. Thank you, Rose, for being with us today, and a warm welcome to this podcast. Thank you, Amy. I'm really happy to be here. Look, so before we jump into it, so many of us have had to move to working remotely. How's working remotely going for you? I'm actually ad- adapting to it quite well. I've been working remotely and working in virtual teams probably for about the last four or five years of my career. So I moved to London in 2014 and my first job, oh, my first proper job there I was working in a team spread across Australia and London. And from there, every role I had, it was working, um, you know, on across different jurisdictions, time zones, everything. So it's been quite easy for me to adapt and I really enjoy it. There are challenges, but I think overall, it's a great way of working. And you you can still maintain those... um, like that, that human connection um, with your colleagues and your peers, just in a bit of a different way. We're doing it right now, you know? We're communicating as we would if we were sitting opposite one another at a desk. Uh, what exactly is LIV and why should students know about it? Sure. So the Law Institute of Victoria is the professional body for lawyers in um in the state we our vision is to partner with members throughout their careers so they're best placed to deliver outcomes for and on behalf of the um, community and their clients Um, and our purpose or we exist to be the trusted voice of members respected for delivering value to members while driving excellence in the profession and steadfast in safeguarding the rule of law on behalf of the community. So what does all of that mean? Basically, the um, LIV supports lawyers to um, be the best lawyers that they can possibly be. We do this in a range of ways. Um, We deliver resources and support to um, our members. So um, later law students law students later on in their degree um, might have read about the um, ethics advisory service that we um, provide the profession. Um, we do a lot of learning and education. We, um, we're, the, we're the main CPD provider in, in Victoria. 
Um, we do a lot of inf influence and advocacy. Um, and so we have a very um, influential and persuasive voice on matters of law reform. So we collaborate very, very closely with the Attorney General um, of regularly making submissions to Parliament and the Law Council of Australia. Um, and at, we're always in close collaboration with the, um, the, the Victorian Legal Services Board and Commissioner as well. Um, we promote the value of our members. So just generally, we kind of educate um, the community more broadly and advocate for using lawyers for, to do legal work as opposed to, say, a conveyancer to do um, a, a property transaction. And the, um, the final one, which is my favourite um, and what I'm entirely dedicated to in my role as um, manager for young lawyers, is to connect a community of peers. We do this through um, providing um, events and professional development opportunities. We've got um, eight different committees and networks made up of young lawyers, all different stages of their careers. Um, and they're focused um, around activities such as um, the social committee, editorial committee, community issues and law reform, professional development, the Labor Lawyers Network and the Regional and Suburban um, Young Lawyers Network. So we do a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, it sounds it. <laughs> a huge amount. That was extremely comprehensible. I was uh, comprehensive, should I say, sorry. I was uh, thinking, <laughs> we're saying that out loud. My gosh, I, I don't have any further questions. We can uh, wrap yeah. this up. <laughs> well, so good. In, in total, the, the LIV has 19,000 members and 8,000 of them are active young lawyer members. So, yeah, it's, mm. it's a lot, but it's fun and it keeps me busy. Fantastic. Um, in light of the current situation of what's going on with the world with COVID-19, how do you see COVID impacting on the legal profession? Um, that's a great question and probably the million dollar question. I think it's been really interesting because the resilience and agility and adaptability of the legal industry has really been forced to innovate and change very, very quickly. I think mm. at the beginning of the year, if you said, if you envisaged that all law firms, courts, uh, or many courts um, and a lot of like the legal industry would transition to working remotely um, and mm. all of the kind of relationship management um, that's integral for in the legal industry um, would be moved to like virtual collaboration and virtual teamwork and, um, yeah. you know, virtual meeting, greeting, mentoring, everything. Um, I don't know if any would, would have had faith in the kind of resilience for us to all transition as quickly as possible. Um, in saying that, I do think that um, it will quickly become apparent those types of um, firms and workplaces that are best equipped to handle this change. So, and I think a lot of what we've been seeing happening in the new law space is quickly going to become the norm. Yeah. So, um, with more innovative working practices. Um, you know, a, a move to using online or virtual forms of practice management and teamwork and communications with clients and all of that. 
and and also there there's um, there will be a move a, a demand driven by clients for fixed fees from their lawyers. So okay, the first thing yeah. that comes to my mind as well is a lot less paper. <laughs> so yes. and and young lawyers are really best placed to thrive and stand out in this type of environment, yeah. which I think yeah. is a huge opportunity. This is life after law school. So we do focus a lot on careers in this podcast. And there are a lot of students feeling uncertain about their future legal career right now. So with COVID-19 and the economic situation in mind, is it so dire or are there some opportunities here? What's what's your take on that? Being I always way? like to see the good in every situation and make the most of um, every opportunity. Um, so I think that there are a lot of opportunities out there. I think in light of the um, kind of uncertainty and the um, kind of the shock of new uh, work work uh, practices, which is like working remotely, I think actually law students are incredibly well placed to um, thrive in that environment because studying is actually a pretty solitary endeavour. So they're actually quite well placed to work independently and um, produce good quality work because they're kind of used to doing that already from the university studies. Uh, it might probably mean that people will have to be, there might be like less opportunities in a conventional sense in like mm -hmm. say reception work or legal administration or whatever, but mm -hmm. um, other opportunities will certainly arise. And okay. um, you know, there are, all sorts of legal tech startups yeah. that will be looking for law students who can thrive in this environment. Likewise, the law firms, I don't think that there's going to be an entirely, you know, a, a, a huge like drought of, of roles at all law firms. Of course, some of them will, but um, mm. there are still opportunities there because the legal industry is still continuing. So, and it's still just as important to, focus on like building your skills and experience in this time um, as it is at all so you can you can stand out when you do go for that role yeah exactly and I think it's being active where you can be active um you know yeah. considering sometimes we feel a bit like reactive at the moment but uh, there's still yeah. opportunity for you to grow as an individual and uh putting in place those certain I guess yeah. um, you know, working on those skills that you feel that you're going to need when it does come time to going through the application process and interviewing and, and, um, and even, you know, all the way through to actually working. So uh, whether that... Absolutely. And it might involve um, a, readjust, a readjustment of your plans or your expectations that you had. Like you might have had the intention of doing a clinical placement at a community legal centre, which has been cancelled or postponed however mm. with that extra time you can still do things to build your skills and experience so one thing I always um, recommend to young lawyers who are trying to build their CVs is write write and get your work published and get it published anywhere it could be on a Monash publication it could be through the um, through an LSS it could be mm. through the your the, the law institute through the young lawyers journal or blog or it could be in a academic journal or on a, um, a kind of a special interest blog or something like the legal forecasts but that is a really excellent way to get you get your develop expertise in an area yeah get your name out there and potentially get a new um, um, kind of 
section on your CV, which is a publication Absolutely. section. And if I was looking at a, um, a CV and I saw that this person had, um, you know, written or published, you know, three different articles on either the same area of law or the same kind of area of interest. And that's a really amazing way to um, kind of quickly um, verify that person's interest and, yes. and expertise and dedication to mm. their own professional development, but applying themselves in a particular area. So how is the LIV adapting to things during this pandemic? So has anything changed? And if so, you know, how does that affect students and the various um, legal organisations and, and sectors as a whole? That's a big question. So in short, the LIV has been um, adapting um, to the pandemic very, very quickly, and mm -hmm. I think very, very well. Um, and it's in, it's affecting the um, our different stakeholders in very different ways. So kind of at a profession-wide, more senior level, we quickly um, put together a COVID-19 practice support hub where we yeah. put all our information about how to, you know, adapt the law firms and everything like that. Um, and we also run regular Q&A sessions with our members, which have been getting um, up to over 300 people a session. For law students and young lawyers, we had a very uh, robust schedule of face-to-face -face events planned, which um, I intended to broadcast to our regional and suburban um, colleagues as well. But that has obviously all had to shift. <laughs> so within the last month, we've, um, put together a new webinar series which is going to kick off on Thursday the 23rd of April and this is just an opportunity where we hope to connect young lawyers and just spark their interest in thinking about the law a bit differently and giving them skills and support to help them thrive throughout this uncertain situation that we find them so we've got some exciting things lined up so the first one is all about how to create that human connection virtually. So it's called uh, physically distant but professionally close, how young lawyers can thrive in an online, uh, in a virtual working world. And I've got um, one of my dear friends, Erica Bagano, who is, um, has over eight years experience leading teams and teaching virtually um, with students all over the world. So that's going to be a real privilege. Um, and the second one we've got is Sean and Phoebe from Survivor All-Stars, <laughs> who are going to be um, sharing the lessons learned that they, um, in the jungle, about managing stress and uh, resilience and team building. And how that, so cool. they can how they can apply that to their their legal practice. So that's awesome. And we've got yeah. we've got workshops on how to find career happiness. So we're using this time as a opportunity to kind of experiment with different ideas, different forms of delivery, different ways of connecting our with our members. Um, but we hope it's going to be a, a success, and our members will really enjoy being a part of it. Amazing. So you have to be a member to be involved in those programs, obviously. Um, yes, but it's free for law students to join the LIB. Good to know. So what are some hints and tips that you have for students who are wanting to take action now for their career pathway while they're studying? Don't put too much pressure on yourself, first of all, to know exactly what you want early on. I don't think it's realistic. I mean, some people do are very fortunate to have 
that very, very clear direction about, about the direction they want their career to take. But don't put pressure on yourself and don't stress your out, yourself out if you're not in that boat. But what it is important to do is start to think critically about what it is that you like about studying law and what interests you about the industry. So you might think, okay, I've loved criminal law. If you love criminal law, if you love studying criminal law, then the next thing you need to do is start thinking about how you can build your skills and experience and network in that area. So you might in, start investigating what, what does a career at the OPP look like or um, for a government department who does prosecutions or would you prefer to work for a criminal defence firm or in white-collar crime and start seeking out volunteer or paid positions that will allow you to develop that kind of insight into that particular area of law. You might find you love it. You might find it's actually not for you. If you're starting to think critically about what you love about the law and what attracted you to the law, um, then that can help you um, kind of interrogate what, where you should be focusing your attentions. And then once you've kind of figured out what you're interested in or what, where you would like, what kind of avenue you'd like to pursue, you can start to act strategically. So you might think, okay, I want to work internationally when I'm uh, two or three years qualified. What can you be doing now while you're at university to put yourself in the best place uh, mm -hmm. to, to do that? You can start going to events, industry events by special interest groups like the North American Lawyers Alliance, or you could take subjects in international law or international relations. Uh, you can be involved in um, NGOs or workplaces that are related to global issues. So you're starting yeah. to expose yourself to that part of the legal industry. Yeah. Um, and you're building your skills and experience in that area. Awesome. Well, it would be fantastic to learn uh, more about you, Rose. So uh, I would love to hear a bit about your career journey, where it started off. So I guess talking a bit about uh, what you studied um, and, you know, what inspired you while you were studying uh, career-wise and, and, uh, and kind of that overall how it got to you to where you are today. I studied uh, law arts at La Trobe and I graduated in 2011. I did a lot of work experience while I was at university. So I'm a very curious um, person who loves to seek out new opportunities. So I did everything. I was involved in the Law Student Society. I, was, I did a lot of volunteer work. I worked at law firms and I did some clerkships as well. I joined the Transport Accident Commission um, as a legal trainee um, and I qualified to practice in February 2013. I really enjoyed that. Um, it was a, it was interesting because I didn't, I wasn't um, within a typical law firm environment. I had a lot of flexibility and autonomy and trust in me, placed in me very, very early on in my career. And that really, really suited me because I was able to um, appear in directions hearings in the magistrate's court when I was a graduate and first year lawyer um, and I would go to settlement conferences with my client unsupervised <laughs> or you know I would be running them um, I wouldn't yeah. have someone running it on behalf uh, so that was really um, good because it made me very um, super organized and 
um, pretty articulate and I guess good at advocacy very early on. And they're all qualities that have really um, served me well after only like less than just under a year and a half of um, post-qualification experience. I had itchy feet. Um, I wanted international experience. I wanted to travel more. I um, wanted to continue to accelerate my career. Um, and so I moved to London, quit my job, moved to London with my best friend, one wow. suitcase <laughs> in um, May 2014, threw caution to the wind, probably too much, and moved to London. Amazing. <laughs> Look, it's definitely not um, career advice that you'd ever get from um anyone who's had a conventional legal career or your um, university <laughs> careers advisor. To <laughs> That's the whole that point way. of this podcast though. We exactly. uh, want to talk about that. <laughs> exactly. I always tell my mentors, like, this is, I'll give you the advice that you won't get from those people. Um, <laughs> and it suits some people. <laughs> Other people probably think it's, I'm a bit nuts, which is probably true as well. So <laughs> I got to London completely underestimated how, um, competitive the market was, how underqualified I was. Uh, <laughs> and um, after a couple of months of paralegaling, I wasn't really um, that inspired. Um, so I started, I started reaching out to the very few lawyers I knew or legal contacts I, I had overseas. Um, and one of them was a, a guy that I had worked with at Slater and Gordon while I was at university. We always got along really well and he also moved over to join the International Group Litigation Department um, and he was in need of a paralegal. So he, re he uh, recommended me for the role. It was a one-month paralegal contract. I had a quick interview with HR and then I joined the following Monday. So um, within that time, I, was, I just thought, all right, this is my time. <laughs> I will um, just do whatever I can to make myself invaluable. Um, and I was able to convert that initial foot in the door um, to a promotion to a foreign qualified solicitor. Um, and I stayed there for almost two years. Yeah, I don't know if it was luck or um, I believe you create your own luck in situations like this. It goes back to all those fundamentals, as a lot of people say, networks, you know, that network was someone that you used to know back in Australia and mm -hmm. uh, in touch with, you know, it was you trying a couple of different things and realizing that wasn't necessarily for you. It was you taking that leap of faith and going over to, exactly. you know, London, like as much as it is, I guess, you know, luck in a sense, um, you also put yourself in those positions and yep. you gave yourself as many opportunities as you could, which led you to getting that role. So absolutely. Um, the thing is when I was at university or, you know, up until very recently, I've never been a good, I, I'd never consider myself a good networker per se. I'm not good at small talk. Mm -hmm. I um, am not good in like kind of contrived networking environments. I feel very uncomfortable. I'm an introvert by nature, which a lot of people are surprised about, but it doesn't come easily. But what I am good at is um, creating really good, uh, finding those people that I click with mm -hmm. in terms of sharing similar values and attitudes and ambitions and um, things like that. And, um, you know, basing my uh, professional relationships on those things. And it's served me well so far.
So how did you get from there to the LIB? I've had a very um, alternative legal career path. Great, <laughs> um, great. So when I was in London, I um, found myself at an, a natural career break because I was um, at, at Slater and Gordon during a very difficult period of its um, history. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd also always um, aspired to uh, do a master's in law. Mm. Um, I've always been kind of, I come from a family of academics and I really like being at universities and I like studying. <laughs> so I like to just learn interesting things. Um, so I applied and um, did a master's of law. And again, I didn't do that for the typical reasons. I wasn't wanting to specialise in a particular area of law like a competition mm-hmm. law or something. It was more to um, expand my horizons as to where my legal career could take me. And being in London, really at the, like the centre of the world in so many senses, mm-hmm. um, and having ac- access to like a truly international um, studying um, experience was um, the right thing for me to do then. So I did that and I... Um, participated in a program called Law Without Walls, which is a global legal education program, um, which teaches students about um, entrepreneurial um, skills and legal innovation and technology. And then through that, that really just opened up my um, my eyes uh, to how quickly and interestingly the legal industry was diversifying. Mm-hmm. And it was all full of people who shared my kind of attitude to asking, why do we do this? How can we make it better? What else could we do? So, and then I had the good fortune of um, coming um, finding myself like a dear mentor and friend called Justin. And he's the director and founder of a place called a legal management consulting firm called Janders Dean. And then when I finished my master's, Justin gave me a call and said, we've got um, a, a short-term staffing need. Um, can you join? And just for, again, for two months, I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, I can. Great time. So yes, exactly. So it's, a, it's actually the same thing had happened. I, I joined um, Janders Dean and loved it and still remain in uh, very good contact and um, collaboration um, with the team there, even though now I'm back in London, uh, now I'm back in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was fantastic. Um, then my Canadian husband, who I met in London, got a job in Melbourne, which is my hometown. Okay. So after four months of love, love, loving Janice D in London, we quickly moved back to Australia. That was a quick career change for me. I continued to do um, management consulting at Janice D, mm-hmm. uh, but then I also picked up sessional teaching at Deakin University because I actually aspired to become an academic. When I went into my LLM, I wanted to become an academic. And because I had my LLM at, um, from UCL, I was able to pick up sessional teaching and I really did enjoy that. So I did that throughout 2018. I did a, a balance of consulting for Janders D, again, working remotely, collaborating virtually, um, traveling sometimes um, and uh, and teaching at Deakin so that was good but 
this role at the Law Institute of Victoria um, popped up as manager for young lawyers. And it's been fantastic for me because I've got all these different skills and experiences and ideas and um, know all these um, really interesting kind of different people. I can really bring all of that together and bring that to the um, young lawyers of, of Victoria. And so that's why in this whole, in this whole light of COVID-19 and all of this change, um, I only see it as a good opportunity for everybody. And I've, and I've been able to, you know, adapt and change and um, quickly bring together these um, new programs by drawing on all of my different skills and experiences and networks to deliver these programs for young lawyers. Um, so we'd love to, to get to know a little bit more about you in a fun sort of way, I guess you could say, um, which is going to be 10 quick questions. Are you ready? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I don't know until you ask me. Um, uh, favourite song? Uh, Hypnotised by Notorious B.I.G. Favourite book? A Fine Balance. I forget who it's by. Uh, start work early or finish later? Before I was pregnant, always start work early. But um, now that I'm pregnant, definitely finish later because I can't move. I can't get moving in the mornings. <laughs> um, if you had your time again, would you study law or something else? I think I'd still study law. Do you prefer writing or typing? Writing by hand. What is your favourite podcast? Shameless. Uh, tea or coffee? Coffee, always. Theatre or movies? Theatre. Dog or cat? Definitely dogs. Allergic to cats. <laughs> and an inspirational quote. People don't remember what you said, but they remember how you, you made them feel. Nice. I like it. Thank you very much for entertaining us with that and also providing your amazing insights. Uh, this has been a really great recording with Rose Inglis from the LIV. Have I pronounced your name right, Rose, at the end? You have indeed. Well done. Yay! <laughs> um, awesome. You've touched on quite a lot how students do get involved with the LIV and how they can. Um, if they want to get involved in the LIV based on, you know, this conversation and what they know of the LIV, how, where would you direct them to? What should they do? What's the next steps for them? Um, so there's various ways that you can get involved um, and they all require kind of different levels of um, commitment. So the easiest way is to just start coming along to our events the biggest one most law that attracts most law students is the careers fair. Many students listen to this might have already been, but we hold that annually. Um, we've, as I said, we've got these um, fortnightly um, online um, kind of workshops. So I'd encourage everyone to participate in that. Um, we've also, as I mentioned at the beginning, we've got quite um, a substantial committee network. Um, so all the details for that are on our website. So that's an opportunity for you to, um, for students to connect with their peers and um, collaborate with people who are interested in the same types of things. So mm. we've got a professional development committee and I work closely with them to deliver all of our um, careers, events and workshops. Um, the Law Reform Committee do fabulous work. So uh, at the moment, they've been um, doing a lot of work around the modern award for early career practitioners, as well as um, work around modern slavery and also um, advocating for human rights reform. 
Um, so there, and there's, we've also got a later lawyers network. So that's for students who have come to the law after um, a career or two doing something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's a very vibrant network as well. So yeah, there's all different ways you can get involved. You can write, um, write for one of our publications. We've got a blog or um, the Young Warriors Journal. So there's all different ways. Thank you so much, Rose, for providing all those amazing insights and, you know, giving us more details about who you are and and your career journey and also uh, providing a huge amount of information about the LIV. We have thoroughly enjoyed having you here today. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been great.